Good morning. Welcome to the Coffee Run Live, episode 391. I've been doing all the schoolwork today. I don't know how your Friday is going. My Friday is going pretty well. I've done close to no work. <laughs> well, I kind of figured that I sort of paid the price for that yesterday. Um, or paved the way yesterday. Today's maybe my reward. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, what I thought I would share with you guys today is a little bit about the writing process. Now, I have been ridiculously blessed to know the very, very fabulous Kelly Irving. If you don't know her, you should totally go and follow her. She is the most amazing um, book writing coach that you could possibly come across, I, in my personal opinion. And the thing I really, I really valued is the, is the way that she steps it all out. So one of the really big things that I think is really important whenever you're doing anything that you want to produce a result, whether it's a book, whether it's a marketing campaign, whether it's a live series, whether it's a holiday, you know, the more, the more planned or the more kind of like structure you can have, surely the better off you are going to be. You don't have to then sit there and go, well, what the hell am I going to write and things like that. So, you know, getting a lay of the land, creating a map, all of that kind of stuff is super, in my opinion, is super, super important. Now, when I wrote, I guess like one of the things that's been really interesting for me this time around, so this is my second proper proper book that I'm writing. So the, the title is Into the Spotlight. I previously wrote Visible, which I, I wrote in 2018, so a couple of years ago. That writing process was really different um, to this, this process. And I think the thing that's really made a, a big difference is that I've got, I'm a lot more familiar I guess I've got that, um, you know, I've got that muscle there around, I think what I think the editor is going to look for, what I think that you guys, you know, when you read it, what you're looking for, what you feel like you need to hear and things like that. And so this time around being a little bit more confident with the writing and certainly more confident actually with the editing. I found that a lot easier because I've got, I've, I've had some of that, uh, that almost like background experience. So I think the first thing though, that when I, when you are going to do anything, you've got to lay out a plan, right? And, and the thing that I love about Kelly's process, which I cannot advocate enough, and she doesn't even know that I'm, I'm talking about this today. Um, the thing that I really love about her process is that it, it gives you, or she makes you go through and do a plan for every chapter, for every uh, section within your book before you even start writing. So you've got to go and put some thinking around it. So then for me, the way that I'll do it is I'll have my chapter one plan sitting next to me, like literally just there on my desk. I'll have the things out there that I need on my on my Word document and I'll start writing and I'm always looking, I'm always coming back to the plan. She also shares her, um, like the, hey, Kath, there's a five-step, hey, Carmen, a five-step chapter um, a chapter process that you actually work through as well. So you, you guys know that I am, I'm a, I'm a lover of structure. I'm a lover of frameworks. I think it makes my life so much freaking easier. I'm sure it makes your life easier. And I resisted them for a long time, right? I, I really resisted that part of me that loves a framework because I was like, I need a framework. I can just, you know, fly by the seat of my pants and make all of it work. But I suppose some, sometimes that can be a really great thing, right? 
Other times it can be not a really great thing because if you're going off half cocked and you're like, you're talking about cushions in this sentence and then mugs in this sentence and then dinosaurs in the next sentence and there's no cohesion can leave your audience feeling really freaking confused. It's like you don't stay on message, right? And so if you think about your marketing as the, as the metaphor for, for this type of stuff, if your marketing is haphazard and if your marketing is inconsistent, if your messaging is, in, is, is inconsistent, then it doesn't matter what kind of visibility work you try and do. Nothing's going to freaking stick because your audience is sitting there like, what the fuck is this person on about? I don't get it. I don't understand. I just noticed I've got a really weird hair going on here. That's Friday. <laughs> Friday for you. Casual Friday hair. So, um, yeah, I think that's been, that's been a really good, a really, really great thing. And it's something that I cannot advocate enough before you go, oh, yes, you know, I'm going to go and write a book. And, and I guess there's two things here. I've written other books before and I have been a bit more of a, all right, let's just see how it kind of flows. Uh, I wrote a book called Ignite Your Soul. I've written books with a friend of mine. We, we co-authored a couple of books. Um, but the like visible and, and into the spotlight is certainly more, a more mature, let's say, uh, way of way of writing and a way of forming your opinions and talking about that and things like that. So that's really, um, it's been really interesting. I think the other things that I have, that I've done personally in, in terms of helping you, if, if this is something that you want to do or whether it's about getting your marketing sorted and, and things like that, do things in, in, in bite-sized chunks or in batches. So the thing that worked really well for me was actually sit, sitting my ass down and going, okay, making sure that everything else is done because I get distracted easily. Let's, let's just tell it like it is. Uh, it's like, oh, squirrel. Um, oh, look. Oh, that's what's happening. Let's go do that. Oh, my gosh. Or if I'm procrastinating, it's like, oh, I'm just going to go and get some more nuts or I'm just going to go make another coffee or, you know, whatever the case might be. So for me, it was so much better getting everything off my desk so that, not literally, but metaphorically, getting all of the things that are sitting there, get them off, and then just start focusing on, on what it was that I needed to do. I actually do this same process when I batch create my blogs, my video blogs, which I haven't done for, for some time. I use this same process when I'm creating the, the picture quotes and stuff that I put up for you guys. I do this when I'm, when I batch create. So if I'm talking about all access, if I'm talking about the 30 day challenge, if I'm talking about the, I'm a motherfucking badass, if I'm talking about whatever programs it is that I'm talking about, like visible live or whatever, I will sit down and I'll make sure that I've got a few ways of being able to use that content and I'll get things structured and set down so that I don't have to then be thinking about it. I think the thing that really, um, that, that I, I apply a lot of uh, self-imposed pressure on on myself to get things done and to be productive and, you know, things like that. Nobody else knows what my deadlines are. My publisher knows what the deadline is. But outside of that, you know, you guys, you don't know that I've got, you know, what, what things I've got to do. So it's not about trying to please anyone else. It's just about trying to make my life easier. And I think having a really solid plan is a great way, is a really great place to to start. Making sure that you're clearing your desk. So have a plan, clear your desk, and then just knuckle down. Um, the third thing that I found that was was really helpful was just 
having the ideas and, and jotting them down. Like, so I might jot them down on like a little post-it note and sit that on the plan for, for each page of what it is that I'm doing. So that's, that's that. The fourth thing, and I actually had a boxer from a client last night asking about the manuscript. So I shared with you uh, some photos yesterday. So this is the first, this is the first draft of, uh, of Into the Spotlight. Oh my God. So many pages. And what I did, and this is not something, this is not a process that um, I really learned. It's just the process that I kind of went through. So I thought, right, for visible, I didn't do this, right? So for, for this one, what I've done is I've printed it off single pages like this. You can see all of my edits and scratchy writing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I sat down and I went through it methodically, page by page. I find it really fucking hard, you guys, to sit and read every word of my own stuff. I'm like, did I say that already? I can't remember. I can't remember if I mentioned that in a previous chapter. I think I've just, maybe I just remember it from writing it. So it's really, I find it really interesting to be really 100% present with the editing process. And, and maybe you guys have found that too. I don't know. With visible though, when I when I did this, I had it all printed off single pages and I didn't have it bound and it was a fucking clusterfuck. <laughs> there, were, there were pages everywhere to try and edit that book, self-edit that book was was real I found it really, really, really hard, a lot harder than this time around. And what was curious about that, you know, in Invisible and in this book, I talk about your self-talk. I talk about self-doubt. I talk about, you know, imposter syndrome. I talk about that stuff, you know, sitting there thinking, you know, being worried about what your peers are going to say. Is this going to be taken seriously? What the fuck is my editor going to say? You know, I know they've got my back and they're cheering on for me, but, you know, oh, my God, is this too simple? Am I making it too complicated? It's all of this kind of chatter going around and around and around. This time round, it wasn't quite as bad as what it was with Visible, uh, but it's a really interesting kind of thing and, and, and kind of ironic given that I'm writing about it. But what I found, again, really insightful is, you know, I, this is a really big call out, you guys, to you stepping into the spotlight, right? To you getting out there, to you putting your face out there, to you really, you know, stepping in to your very own Sasha Fears or whatever it is for you and going, you know what, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go and put myself out there. I'm going to be me. I'm going to be ridiculously amazing because you are. And here am I going like, oh my God, are they going to like my book? <laughs> It's really, it's kind of ironic that the thing that I'm asking you to do is some of the stuff that I'm working through in this medium. Obviously, when it comes to physically putting myself out there, you know, that, that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. been doing that since 2010. Don't have an issue with that at all. But for the, the book, it's almost like this is the, this is my little baby. And, you know, there's so much, it's interesting, you know, there's so much, um, thinking to be done and, and, it, and, and so much mastery to share that sometimes it can feel like what you're talking about is just so simple because what you've, you guys have all been through when, when you're talking to your clients and you're marketing and you're writing your books and you're doing anything that you're, where you're putting out your thinking, you have got, you've built that, that you've built that muscle of mastery, right? And, and I guess it's like one of the, one of the most beautiful things that you can do as a leader, as a thought leader, if you want to use that word, as an expert at what you do, 
I imagine, and, and I know, actually, I know this to be true. You are excellent at making something that might seem really complicated or really big. You're excellent at making it really simple or providing some really great examples or metaphors for what it is that you're doing, right? So I suppose like in that sense, it's, uh, it, it can be a little bit disconcerting because you're like, it took me 10 fucking years to learn this stuff. And, you know, I've just condensed it into what is now 145 pages and the word count's blown out a little bit. <laughs> the next edit's going to be fun. Uh, but, but I guess the thing is, is like, it takes, it takes a lot to to really distill your your knowledge and your level of mastery in such a way that makes it really simple for other people. So I think that we 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 can kind of sell ourselves short a little bit, right? And when you're sharing this, when you're when you're putting yourself out there, one of the best things that you can do, people don't want fucking complicated. Right? One of the best things that you can do is to make things really simple. So if you're explaining a concept um, like how to write a book, you might talk about it in five simple steps. If you're talking about how to manage your money, give them five simple steps, five kind of like big picture steps. If you're talking about how to make coffee, you know, five big picture steps. And I don't think it takes five steps to make coffee, but you get the point. You know, it's really important to not undermine and undervalue your experience. So this kind of segues beautifully into a conversation I was having via messenger today with a, the one of like just an amazing, beautiful, gorgeous lady who I worked with in 2000 in, might've been 2010 or 2011. It was really, really early on in the days. I'd, I'd traveled to Brisbane and she was a client while I was up there. We did a, we did a style and branding day. And it was, it was so much fun. And she messaged, um, off the back of a story I put up today, which was, don't you just hate it when words to this effect, don't you hate it when you see somebody who's got less experience than you seemingly doing better. And then the, the, the finisher was, you know, so what you going to do about it? And I know this for me, if, if there are times where I will see People who are brand new into the industry or people who don't have as much experience, I'm like, for fuck's sake, you know, what? like, that's just not fair. You know, I've put 10 years into this. There's been blood, sweat and tears and, you know, all of this, that and the other. And I'm really happy for them that they're doing really well, presumably doing really well. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm also doing really well, but fuck, you know, I laid so much groundwork for all of this to happen. And it's like, man, I wish my, I wish my, uh, momentum curve had happened that little bit faster. But, you know, it's everything happens in the way that it's supposed to happen, right? And Tony Robbins says, you know, things don't happen to you, they happen for you. And, and I think that's a really powerful thing. But anyway, so we were having this conversation via Messenger about how, you know, it's really, it's really interesting seeing this stuff happen and how my observation is that when you've been doing something for a while, and, you know, whether it's a couple of years or, you know, a bit, a bit further into your journey for me is 10 years doing, running this business and, and about 15 years running online businesses, but 10 years in this particular business. And I was like, you know, sometimes we have these like, and, and Jasmine was saying this, like these, these really great ideas and, you know, things like that. But we, we sometimes when you've got a bit more skin in the game or you've got a bit more experience or it can feel like you've got a bit more to lose, 
right? It, it can not pull the trigger or not pull the, not pull the pin and, and not action things quite as quickly as what you may have done in the, at the start. I know for me at the start, I was like, I don't know if it's going to work. Let's just fucking give it a go. I remember being on a business retreat and I'd only been selling online programs and I, I'd cracked at that point, I think I had broken through about $150,000 in sales in uh, maybe, I don't know, like nine months or maybe eight months after 18 months of not making a red cent uh, or not much money. And I remember being in, in this in this retreat and they'd suggested, they said, look, you know, I don't, and I'd only done group programs, right? So right at the very start, it was all group programs or some hybrid one-on-one -on -one online clients. And they said, why don't you do a, a, a higher level offer, Nicola? Uh, like four grand a month, one-on-one, -on -one, you know, let's just see what happens. And I've gone... <laughs> I'd had people who had invested six grand to do an eight-week program with me, right? So, you know, I'd had that working, but the thought of someone investing four grand a month to work with me one-on-one -on -one was just so, it, it was like, it was like if you've been living in a home that you maybe have bought for like $200,000 and then someone says, okay, we're going to go and buy something for $2 million. It was, it was so far out of my realm, but I was like, all right, well, fuck it. What have we got to lose? Let's give it a go and see what happens. And I picked up three or four clients that week. And it actually, and that's why I got this tattoo. I did 118 grand in sales in a week and um, commemorated it with, with this particular tattoo. And it was just, it was, it was really, it was so funny because there are different times even, you know, as, as I, as I got on in business and it was like, oh, well, I could go and try this. Oh, but what if it doesn't work? Or, you know, let's weigh up the pros and the cons and, you know, become a little bit more analytical and, and a bit more pragmatic perhaps around some of the decisions that you make, which is not always a bad thing, but I think we do seem to lose a little bit of that that fearless edge sometimes the more experience that we that we have under our belt and I think one of the challenges are to remember that you know what yeah Carmen you know there'll, there'll be people that come in that seem to be really successful quickly and yeah they, they do tend to fizzle out you're right on that but it can be really disconcerting and it can, and it can rock you a little bit I know it's rocked me in the past where I'm like man you know what if they what how the heck did that happen how did they do that I don't understand um and, and I think that we can lose sometimes that edge and, and we can let self-doubt come in and we can let that imposter syndrome kick in. But honestly, the, the best thing that you can do is remember that the only competition that you have is the person that looks back at you in the mirror every day. The only competition you have is the person who is, you know, in your body. It's, you are your only competition. There is only you. And the thing is, is that there will be people, even if these new people come in and they are successful quickly and they do stay and let's assume that they're amazing and wonderful and everything, but they are not you. You know, your people, hey, Lisa, your people will love you for who you are. They will love you for the way that you are. Their people will love them for the way that they are. I, you know, I've written a really big ass book. Are there other books on the market? Yes. Does that mean that people aren't going to read this? No. 
Does it mean that, you know, some new musician goes and releases a, a, a kick-ass number one song? Does that mean that you can't then go and release another song that's going to make it to number one as well? Or that, that won't make it in the top 10? You know, no. It doesn't, it doesn't undermine your work, right? And we look at artists like Queen who have been around for, for five or more decades who are still uh, popular, right? They are still singing and performing to sell out stadiums. I mean, what the fuck? That's insane. You can still have new artists like Tones and I who come out and make it and create a really amazing following. It doesn't mean that she is not good. It doesn't mean that Queen is not good. It doesn't mean that one is better than the other. It just means that they are different and that there are different audiences for different artists. There are different audiences for different people. So something I encourage you to do today is to consider yourself an artist, right? Because you are one. Consider yourself as an artist and that the work that you're putting out there doesn't take away from the work that somebody else is doing. In fact, you know, maybe the people that are following them and looking at them create the link for them to then look at you and maybe they like you or resonate with you or connect with you more than than the others. But there's there's books being released all the time. There's music being released all the time. There are programs being released all the time in your niche, right? There are new and fandangled images being released all the time just because one photographer doesn't um, you know, it doesn't mean that another photographer is not going to have business. Yeah. Carmen, someone told me one day, attract your audience. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there is room for everyone, Rebecca, 100%. So, you know, this process of writing this book has really reminded me of, of that stuff. And I know that if you're embarking in your visibility efforts, if you're embarking and, and, and learning how to step into the spotlight, I get it. I understand that it can feel like it's a really big thing. And I can understand that it might feel like you're blending into the rest of the noise, but you're not. That when you really step into who you are and you share your messages and you share your way of doing things and you share your personality, which is really awesome. You're fun, you're funny, you're charismatic, you're engaging, you're enigmatic, you know, you're, you're magnetic, all of those really cool words. Your audience will be like moths to a flame. And the other people, it doesn't make them any less amazing, but your people will be attracted to you for who you are, not only for what you do. So... That's my little sermon for today. Now, I'm going to go and do some maths, apparently, because today <laughs> apparently is school day. We've done religious education. We've done some comprehension. And I think it's now time for maths. I'm so excited. I can't wait for it. It's amazing. So there you go, my friends. I hope that's been an interesting and helpful insight. Have a plan. Uh, don't let the self-talk win. Do things like clear your desk and do the things that you need to do. Don't let the self-chatter, the, the negative self-talk distract you and pull you away from the magic that is you because you're fucking amazing and the world is ready for your brand of awesomeness. All right. Happy Friday. I love you. I'm really grateful for all of your encouragement for this book. I'm bone tired. <laughs> so 
I think there's not going to be too much more out of me today. Uh, I'm I'm completely knackered. I think it's this um, this book has taken me taken it out of me this week. My whole heart and soul has been poured into it. So I'm going to love you and leave you. Have a really amazing weekend. For those of you who are celebrating Anzac Day in the morning, I will be out there on the driveway. I think it may be 5:30. Um, so stay warm, stay safe, and. The world is ready for your brand of awesome. Get out there, go help help some people and have a whole ton of fun doing it. All right, you guys, I'll talk to you on Monday. You're awesome.